y'all. Welcome back to another episode of El Chiqueño Presents Almost Live. We're here today almost live from uh, Big D's Party Palace. I'm here with uh, Ben Ami. Good afternoon. And the part of Fernie G today will be played by El Niño Escondido. So, uh, my name is Rich Wright. And we're here in uh, current events. Current events... They had a carne asada over in Juarez this week in which 38 migrants were burned to death in their holding cell over there. Uh, big controversy, big controversy. There's the, they show the videos. There's the uh, guards apparently releasing women and children, making the guys stay in the cell. And uh, 38 people died, you know. So mm-hmm. there are now uh, criminal charges against, I think it's four of the guards and the guy who lit the mattress on fire, Mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, Might be five guards, I don't know. And uh, allegedly, the CBS News report says that they called the state director of migration in Chihuahua, and he said, no, don't let him out. So so who knows? Who knows what's going to come from it? Uh, what's it say, Ben? Well, you know what? One one note too is the mattress that was lit on fire is known to right. It, it happened uh, in in 2017. There was a fire in uh, Guatemala that killed 41 girls. So but, brutal. You know, I, I get this. I'm reading here from ABC News that one of those uh, migrants asked for a cigarette and lighter. And let's see here. A month Uh-oh. ago, Mexico passed a law that you can't even smoke in public on the sidewalk. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, can't wow. believe I can't believe that uh, a guard gave one of these migrants in a holding cell a cigarette and a cigarette lighter. Yeah. So one of his clients told him that one of the detained migrants asked the guard for a cigarette and lighter, and then five migrants who had detained had been detained that day began to protest the official made fun of them they got irritated and two of them uh in parentheses migrants set a mattress on fire wow it's like uh those buddhist monks self-immolating in Times square yeah wow yeah crazy but i probably assume they would have oh there's a fire in here they're gonna let us out but right you know as as you kind of mentioned you alluded to it a little bit that um, uh, if I can find yeah, this the state here, the state migration official, the head of migration for the state of Chihuahua. Correct. If, if I could today, Friday, as we record this, uh, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador Obrador is there in. Uh, Mexico City, and he's supposed to stand up and face the uh, protesters who are doing this, which is a stark contrast to his predecessor, maybe not his immediate predecessor, one of his predecessors, who came to Juarez after uh, those 14 kids were killed at a birthday party there in Juarez. He didn't He didn't want to face him, you know. He didn't want to talk mm-hmm. to himself. So, yeah, there was a complaint filed by lawyer Jorge Vasquez Campbell um, said retired Navy Rear Admiral Admiral Salvador Gonzalez Guerrero 
the Chihuahua State Delegate for the National Immigration Institute, quote, gave the order by way of phone call that under no circumstances should the migrants housed inside the place where the fire started be released. Under no circumstances. And under no circumstances. And uh, so as you kind of alluded to, was it five or six people were arrested? Including yeah, people from people. the uh, from that immigration. Well, some office. of them were private security guards, mm-hmm. and some of them were employees of the state. And I guess they arrested also the guy who torched a mattress. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, wow, wow, heavy. You know, let me make it a big picture thing for the uh, listeners out there is that uh, the reason this can happen, the background against which it happens, is that uh, Mexico is so classist, it's almost a caste system. It's almost like India, where... uh, I mean, a lot of those people that killed were Guatemaltecos, mm-hmm. people from Guatemala. And uh, they would be generally perceived as like a different species, you know? Mm-hmm. Certainly a different caste there. In uh, Well, and it seems like that's the way all those migrants were treated coming up north. I mean... Right, um, right. But a lot of those, you see... Uh, or even our Venezuelans thought of as higher than the guatemaltecos yeah Yeah, because the guatemaltecos are all little mayan guys you know Mm -hmm. and you can't look at a venezuelan and tell that he's not a uh mexican till he opens his mouth you know Mm -hmm. and uh then you know for sure because they got that caribbean accent you know Mm -hmm. so uh yeah yeah uh it's horrific no the uh caste system is so ingrained in Mexico, though there's not a lot of social mobility, you know, and that's part of the problem that uh, we have. You know, most of the Spaniards that came and settled Mexicans, they were members of the lower nobility who had been given license to come and exploit the national resources over here, build their fortunes, and uh, they came over to the new world and they married the natives you know mm-hmm. and uh whereas here in the united states the united states was uh largely settled by uh criminals and indentured servants mm-hmm. i mean that's uh that's that's who that's who we ended up with. So they weren't all so snooty, you know. They were all pretty much egalitarian, and you know they didn't marry the natives; they killed them, you know. Right. So yeah, they, I mean they were. I'm not saying that. Gosh, the, Rich, it's like you're talking about true history here. Yeah, it's, I'm on, not saying that the people who life. settled the uh, United States were better people than the people who settled uh, in Latin America. But it, those different policies certainly had different results. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. For sure. And looking at the map, you know, Guatemala, I had to look at the map. I, I won't say that I'm a dumb American, but I had to look at the map. <laughs> it's right I'll next door it. to I'll Mexico. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, 
you yeah, know, it's right Guatemala, down there by Chiapas. It's yeah. right there. I mean, Venezuela is a little far away, a little further away. So it's like maybe it's a little. They look down upon. It's not a stretch to look down upon for Mexico to look down upon them. Not that it's right, but um, you know, being so close. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's a weird like thing. Brother, brothers, you know, it's kind of. It's a weird thing for all of Latin America how uh, the Europeans, people with more European blood, end up in those ruling positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in all of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I think that uh, lack of social mobility compounds whatever problems they have. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a poor Mexican uh, or, you know, Honduran or whatever, you know, your chances of succeeding, your chances of entering a higher class are very limited. So mm-hmm. you might do things like... Uh, Resort to drug dealing, you know, right. and you might do whatever it takes to make a buck, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, the way I've always thought about drug dealers, they're just salesmen. Right, they're they just salesmen. Hook you, they, oh, they ran out of the product you like? Well, here's this other product that I've got for you. <laughs> we keep right. you coming back. Right, they're businessmen. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to boil it down. You know what, what else interesting that I found was that Mexico is the third most popular destination for asylum seekers and this was in 2021 right behind united the united states and germany so they're talking about people going to mexico and applying for asylum mm-hmm. wow that's whoever heard of that you know that's, i know that's not getting any ink you know personally yeah. i thought like why would you want to go like mexico is not a place where the judiciary is very uh you know right. accommodating it very right. yeah, yeah, thought yeah. highly of you know it's not like the United States. Well, you can, you can go down. <laughs> or it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, as far as safety through the legal system, you know, we're here, someone commits a crime and you know who did it. They'll cat, well, you know, they'll take the measures they can to catch the guy and put him in jail. Mexico doesn't seem like that. Uh, that standard is quite there, but it's even worse. When you do look at these other countries where people are coming from. How about the way all these migrants are coming to Ciudad Juarez? You know, I mean, makes sense, doesn't make sense. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the part that doesn't make sense. The immigration judges in El Paso are the least likely to give, to approve your asylum application as a, then they're more or less likely, they're the least likely, than any other immigration court in the United States. Mm-hmm. Only something like 3% of the people totally. who apply for asylum here are granted asylum. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a Venezuelan, you, uh, you hear those stories that you go to Matamoros, Tamaulipas, something like that, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you're going to get beat up, robbed, killed, raped, right. all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, uh, the Juarez, the cartels that occupy are occupying Juarez, they're uh, more just interested in the dope and not more interested in crime in general. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this might be a safer place 
but you're less likely to get asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned that Mexico is top three, but if you make it all the way to Juarez, your goal is the United States. You right. probably don't want to stick around, right, Mexico. Uh, I actually gave a lift to the bus station the other day. A guy who got was granted asylum, and it was rare. the The folks at the, you know, the uh, Annunciation House where I am giving people rides from, were surprised to see someone who actually got wow asylum. Yeah. Like, oh, congrats! You know, it was like it seemed rare. Yeah. So I guess mostly they, rare. you know, they're just sending people on who are granted the. What is it? They get to stay in the states for until their until their hearing comes hearing up. Comes yeah, up. So, yeah, but yeah. Someone who actually made it through. Wow. He was a feller with. Well, maybe I shouldn't give him any identifying information, but uh, he, he had, had a le- hard life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard and he had legitimate concerns about mm-hmm. returning to his homeland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a. You can't come if it's just. Because uh, you want a better life, you know, there's no money in Venezuela or El Salvador or whatever, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, those are economic refugees, and they're not granted asylum. You have to be a member of a persecuted class, you know, gay counts, you know. If, if they're uh, killing gay people wherever you're from, you can be gay, you know. But um, or your political outlier or something. There's a number of them. Even uh, domestic violence. Gang if violence is gang, gang violence. If you're fleeing gang violence, violence or domestic violence, and it's hard to believe that somebody coming from like El Salvador who says they're fearing gang violence, like that's not a legitimate claim because gang violence is rampant in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yep. Okay, well, uh, I like Mexico. I like Juarez. I like El Bajillo. But, uh, wow. You know. You know, the, the, the side of the argument that eh, some people bring up, we have a lack of uh, the labor force here in America. And right. And we're, we're cutting off these willing laborers who, who, who would right. love to come here and work and do jobs that gringos don't want to do, 100%. Well, it's interesting and I think telling in that uh, some people say, uh, oh, I don't care. I don't care if they want to come, but they should come legally and uh, they should uh, learn English, you know, and adopt our customs and everything like that. You know, well, first of all, uh, all those asylum seekers are coming legally. Mm-hmm. That's they have a legal right, right to come and apply right. for asylum. And the other part that uh, wow, is there a jet flying over Big D's party palace? Uh, <laughs> the other part is that it's uh, classism. I mean, they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of learning to speak Spanish. They're they're coming. I mean, I got to tell you. There's no way they're not coming. Y'all just need to learn to speak Spanish and, and uh, eat spicy food, you know. Right. I mean, there's a, there's no way it's... But, uh, yeah, I'm not racist. I just don't like Mexicans speaking Spanish, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I'm going to take a break now. We'll be back in a minute. Thank you guys for stopping by today. Uh, my name is Rich Wright. We're here at Big D's Party Palace with uh, El Chuqueño Presents Almost Live. I'm here with my compadre, producer, uh, Ben Ami. Howdy, howdy. And uh, we'll be right back. Thank you. Yellow. Okay, hey, we're back, more or less. Um, ben wants to go to Jackson Brown. Yeah, if you want to buy me a ticket, I would. I will invite you to do that. Uh, how much? How much for a ticket to Jackson Brown? There, Ben. Okay. Well, you know, if you wanted to sit near the front, you got. You're pretty limited <clears throat> on front row. You can sit on the very right side for the low, low price of four hundred and forty-nine dollars plus fees. 500 rats. Five, We're talking uh, 500 rats. 500, but it's Ticketmaster, so I don't know how much fees are. Right, right, right. <laughs> and and uh, uh, now there is it. Now time out. Now. No, no, wait, 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 bro. Oh, because you're not going alone. You got to take your date, right? right you know. So well, yeah, look, another... there are two seats available there. So if you and you buy me a ticket, you buy yourself a ticket for a grand, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Let I'll me... buy you. Uh, we can go. I'll buy dinner at, at Chico's. At Chico's, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but um. So, you know, there's actually a pretty good deal here I'm seeing. That's official platinum. And if you just sit two rows back, dead center, you can buy a ticket for three sixty-two each. So somebody on this certified resale market isn't quite hitting the price they could hit. Although there's, I'm seeing here, there's a seat right next to it for five twenty-eight. Okay, 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 okay. That's that's a lot of money. That's for okay. me. That's a lot of money. That's a, but yeah, that is. A lot I'm of wondering money. what do you get out of it? What is the benefit for somebody buying? I mean, you get to see Jackson, Jackson Brown, Brown right, right, right up close. Yeah, and so, and in in real life, right? In real life. And How, who's it? Abraham Chavez, by the way. I didn't mention that. Oh yeah, Abraham Chavez Theater. Uh huh. But. Uh, I well, don't know. I don't know what these platinums come with. I don't know if that's a movie. Abraham Chavez Theater. You can't hardly dance. That's like going yeah, to an art no museum. Dancing. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I haven't been to Abe Chavez in a while. Right. Um, let's see. A little further back, three rows from the back in the orchestra, a hundred bucks. A little better. Now we're moving up to the tier. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm getting a flash. I have an idea. Uh oh. This is going to be great. We all get. The cheap seats. How much is the cheapest seat there, Jackson Brown? The cheapest? The in the top? Yeah. Oh, there are not even any for sale up in the cheapest seats. The back row of the tier is uh-huh. $70.99. Okay, whole, so we all section. we all get those $70 bargain tickets, $70 tickets. And as soon as the lights go off, we rush the stage, man. Oh, remember? Man, remember? Yeah. No, just you do. Run right over the top. You guys don't remember that anymore. We At just Abraham crowd. Chavez. Yeah, well, yeah, well, Was no, no it never happened. It never happened yeah, at the Abraham Chavez because because they, you know, I mean Jackson Brown, right? I mean, you know, they're gonna, raging. I mean, the. Uh, I'll be the youngest person there. You'll be the youngest person <laughs> there by like thirty years. You know. <laughs> yeah. Jackson but, uh, Brown. I was surprised because, you know, we were talking about that other guy. Bruce Springsteen we were talking oh, Bruce, about. and then the other guy who's coming, the one who's coming to Single town. Fairy String Fellow, what's his name? The, 
Chris Stapleton? Chris Stapleton, yeah. I knew he had some kind of company. Right, right. They were spendy. And did that show pass already? I think it did. Did it? I think we had that show. Beats me. But, man, well, he's new and upcoming and Jackson Brown. Let me ask you the other thing, though. What do you get out of it? What Probably do you get three hours out of, of it? music? I don't know. Let's see. Well, yeah, I mean, you can get three hours of music, right? You can down. You can put it on Spotify, right? Yeah, but in the in the live, you know, I don't know. Well, there. Well, let's get old Sylvia to turn on the jukebox here, so we get a little music here anyway. Is that one? Is that one, Sylvia? Is that one Sylvia been? Is it Sylvia? No, is that is is that her name? Or is Sylvia oh, another man. one? Shoot. Excuse me, miss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm bad with names. Yeah. Right Let on. Me check out There are these websites where you can see the set lists. Well, whatever. You're going to get an hour, and then you're going to get an encore. Because El Paso is so cheap. An hour? You don't think it'll be an hour? You think it'll be 40 minutes? I think it'll be... Two hours? I think it'll be two hours. There's an opening act? It doesn't say. Let's see. Let me check his website real quick. Oh, whatever, bro. You're not getting two hours no matter what. You're getting a 45-minute set and a break and a 45-minute set. Oh, well, 90 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's 90. That's not two hours. Right. Yeah, damn, I don't know. I mean, I'd hope... And then you're getting the encore. And you always get an encore in El Paso because people in El Paso are so cheap. They want the band to play an encore to make sure they get their money worth. Even if they don't like the band, you know, (laughs) they're not getting away for for that easy, you know, so yeah. You know what, it it sounds like... Well, maybe there's a opening act that they haven't booked yet. But it looks like it's just Jackson right. Brown at 8 p.m. on July 14th. No opening act. That's the, that's no the opening word. act at the Abraham Chavez unless it's Jackson Brown's band without Jackson Brown. Right. Yeah. Lab band. Yeah. So it looks like he just played in... Tokyo, Japan, and played kind of like what you're saying, two sets, 11 songs, and then All right. 10 songs, and then a five-song encore. Well, there you go. That's what we're getting. That's what you're signing up for, El Paso. When you get, What day is the concert there, Ben? That is July, Friday, July 14th. Man, I'm booked. You're booked that day? Yeah, that is, I, that is the... Uh, Ides of July there in the, the 14th. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. We well, always, we always sacrifice a goat on the Ides of July. Oh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, cool. Hey, um, I guess that's it for us, huh? Mm-hmm. I just want to remind everyone, if you do want to invite me, uh, Jackson hit us up. Hit up uh, right the on. show. I'm, I'm happy to go. And you can you can communicate with us if you have the desire to. Through our uh, email, E-L-C-H-U-Q-U-E-N-O, El Chuqueno, at gmail.com. So, 
Orale. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you soon. Hasta la vista.